Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and this is a two-part episode for you guys. This week we have on the pod Leo Rydell. He is an amazing um, content creator who works very closely with Loretto, who you guys know as a friend of the pod. Leo has his own YouTube channel called Geekly Goods. He is a member of many critics associations and overall just a phenomenal person, amazing human being. And this week we're talking about Black Mirror. So part one's coming up next this week and the part two will come out next week. If you want early access to the episodes, feel free to subscribe to us on Patreon and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all kinds of juicy little tidbits. Juicy little tidbit sounds really gross, but you know, just want to give you guys this quick intro and uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy the pod. Um... Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I'm your host, Monica, and we're joined again. New week, new topic, new guest. And this week, we have a very, very special guest with us today. And uh, guys, I want you all to say hi to Leo Rydell. I'm going to say hi, Leo. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my listeners if they, um, this may be the first time they're hearing about you or the first time that, you know, you're crossing their listening ears and give them a little bit of introduction and let them know, you know, what you do. Yeah, well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. I've enjoyed listening to the episodes of your podcast. I really enjoy the conversations you have with your guests. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored to be here. Much appreciated, for real. Um, But yeah, I am a content creator, mostly on YouTube and TikTok. And I make videos almost daily. And I do reactions, reviews, Mm -hmm. and news updates latest in Marvel, DC, TV, movies. So basically the same stuff you cover, I cover on the channel. And I've been doing that for several years now, really enjoy it. So I got a couple of pieces of content on the books already this week. The Soka show just came out, got a review for that that just came out. And then uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon trailer just came out. So I did a reaction video for that. So yeah, I, I really just... I stay in this news. I stay in it, and I and I love it. And then I also do podcasts over on Cinemania World, and I'm a part of three different movie critic or- organizations, including the Hollywood Critics Association, the Denver Film Critics Society, and the African American Film Critics Association. And I review movies, I would say, anywhere from on low weeks one to three to four and, and some of the heavier weeks. But yeah, stay regular with the movie reviews as well. And uh I think I got one this week coming up for something. I'm not entirely sure. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But yeah, really looking forward to the Denver Film Festival, which will be coming in a couple of months. So yeah, I just cover a lot of content over on Geekly Goods. So if you're ever on YouTube, type in Geekly Goods. You'll see me with a logo with two Gs. Come on over. Let's talk some geek, y'all. Awesome. Guys, go ahead and uh, check out all of Leo's stuff. His links will be in the description down below. And this week, Leo and I, we will be talking about Black Mirror, the hit anthology series on Netflix. And before we get into talking about Black Mirror, we're going to, you know, go ahead and give her a little beginning segment where we just acknowledge the writers and actors strike that's going on in Hollywood right now. We just want to support, show our support to... The writers and actors who are currently striking, you know, due to not getting residual pay from the dominance of streaming services and also just um, them protesting the rise of artificial intelligence and how the technology is taking over Hollywood and um, taking like 
body scans of actors for uh, corporations and like streamers to use their image in the future and then our AI possibly taking the jobs of writers and other industry professionals and also you know the strike is um, basically focusing on the financial strain that many writers and actors are dealing with because of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that has followed since then. And I just want to take this time to show a little bit of support towards them. If you want to know more ways you can support them, uh, there will be links in the description down below. And I just want to say that we stand with you guys and I truly hope that they come to an agreement soon with the WGA and the AMPTP. And even though negotiations are ongoing at the moment, um, I hope that they come to a point where the writers and the actors, uh, their needs are fairly met and they can continue on with their work. But it's more important that they get everything that they need and they are paid what they are due rather than us getting the content that we want. Because we can't do this. You can't watch your favorite shows. You can't see your favorite movies without writers and actors being able to do their job and be paid fairly. That's the most important thing that to come out of this strike. And I truly hope that at the end of the day, that is what is the end result of this. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, and I hope for the same thing as well. So I really, I'm with you. Everything you said, I completely agree. I think that it should not be this hard to come to an agreement and Obviously. they're not asking for much. Mm -hmm. So I hope that studios go ahead and just come back to the negotiation table and give the writers and actors the pay that they deserve. Exactly, exactly that. And I am so glad to have you on, Leo, because you really are like, when I see the work you do and I see the content you create, it truly does inspire me to keep creating the stuff that I make because your channel with, and the channel that you do with, and the stream that you do with you and Loretta, like for listeners of the show, you guys know Loretta, he's been on a couple of episodes before. He does a live stream with Leo every Sunday and Honestly, I love listening to you guys talk about movies and television, and that's why I feel very passionate about the writer's strike, because more than anything, I love watching movies and I love watching TV shows, and it really did, like, upset me when I figured out that people were not making a lot from streaming services. Like, I figured that writers weren't making, like, Shonda Rhimes kind of money, but I didn't know that, like, it was bad. Like, it was, it's bad out here for them. So I truly do hope that they come to a point where, you know, we come to the table and we come to an agreement and we can all walk out of the, uh, walk away from the table happy with everything, you know, that writers deserve. And also I just want to be able to um, be confident in watching these shows and knowing that like the actors and the people behind the camera are paid, you know, they're well paid and well compensated for the work that they put out because it's not as fun watching something if I know that someone is like struggling to make this, like struggling to bring this to the table and struggling to bring this like on the streaming platform and the people who are running these platforms don't even care about the well-being of their employees. Like it doesn't make it as fun. Yeah, so I do hope that. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent. By the way, thank you for saying that. that, that <laughs> thank you. That warms my heart. Um, yeah, I get it. Listen, it's such a fun field, but yeah, what we're going through right now is not so fun. Yeah. And I completely understand. I actually have recently been laid off from my full time job, mm -hmm. so I get it. I'm also struggling a little bit, and so to know that 
I'm watching these shows and these actors are going through the same thing. It's definitely disheartening for sure. And so that's why I'm hoping studios can just let's let's get this let's get this done. Like let's, let's get, get this, this over with. Up. Let's just negotiate and let's actually give these writers and actors what they deserve and uh-huh. go from there. No no AI, by the way. The scanning has been so unethical and yes. it's weird to say, but apparently it's been going on for since before the strike. It's been going on for a little while now, but that it just that's so unethical it's so unethical so yeah. i'm hoping that that also ceases a little bit or at least decreases and if they're going to scan then there needs to be some kind of agreement between that actor and the studio to pay for their likeness like mm-hmm. you got to pay at this point so hopefully we get those negotiations going asap and things can change for the better yeah absolutely and i'm really glad that um, we're talking about Black Mirror because uh, for those who don't know, Black Mirror is a very popular show on Netflix and it was created by Charlie Brooker and he made this show as kind of like a reworking of the Twilight Zone. And it's kind of described as like a satirical show that explores like the techno paranoia of our world. And it started on Channel 4 and then it kind of crossed over to Netflix around season three, I believe it was. It became a basically Netflix only show and it's so interesting to watch Black Mirror and to see what's going on today in our world because after season I'm not sure if it was season four or like around the time of season five Charlie Brooker um talked about how he wasn't sure if he could move forward with the show because of the way things were shifting he was kind of like mm, i don't know if y'all really need it anymore because the way things are going right now it doesn't seem like it kind of seems redundant like why would i make this show where i am talking about the way that media influences people and how technology is changing and shaping the way we live our lives when we're seeing this in real time with real people and it's not as fun to watch it when it's just kind of like oh this is in the future that's not gonna happen now and when it's your reality and you're also watching it and you're living it it's kind of exhausting it's like beating a dead horse so to speak but see yeah it's yeah. it's so strange how they made episodes prior that are now coming to life yeah um the episode i think it's it's not 15 million marriage it's the episode with uh bryce dallas howard i actually do have an episode list nose pulled dive? up right now but yeah. it's uh yeah nosedive nosedive that is becoming so much more real every single day that it's scary. Yeah. And that was season, that was back in season three. So that's back in 2016. And now you've got TikTok and you've yes. got even since 2016, Instagram has become such a much bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what that, that episode is trying to paint a picture of, right. even though they're actually using social score to determine things like the cars you get to determine. But it's true. It's companies are looking at your following and, really going based off of that number they're giving incentives Mm -hmm. or doing things for you if you have a higher follower count or you get Mm -hmm. higher engagement it's definitely reality like out of these episodes is becoming a weird reality here so i totally understand where he's coming from when it comes to producing more episodes this Mm -hmm. season definitely has like a much heavier horror lens to it and i thought that for Black Mirror, it was sometimes jarring, but sometimes like exactly what the show needed. A little bit of difference, a little a little more in there to bake in some more genres. And I thought, I liked the horror elements for the most part. There, There's like one episode in the newest season that I was like, mm, but like for the most part, 
I liked incorporating more horror-based elements into the season. I will have to say, because I generally, with my podcast, I kind of, we don't really do, like, season by season or episode by episode. I kind of let people have, like, a free-form kind of, like, talking structure to the pod. And I do want to say, like, just straight out the gate, I feel like my favorite season overall is just the first season. And I love the first season so much because I feel like it's a foundation and it's such a strong first season. You know, like every single episode is so good and so phenomenal. And the story is like each single one from like, okay, National Anthem, 15 Million Merits, the entire history of you. I feel like if you are creating a brand new show and you're somebody like, because Charlie Brooker, he has made TV shows before. He's made television shows before. So he's not really someone who is, um, he's not really an unknown person. He's also like a calmness and a satirist. So there is some kind of knowledge and background behind him. He also had this show called um, New Swipe, I think. And also like Weekly Wipe, which was kind of like The Soup. Where it was basically like this meta commentary show where he talks about, you know, society, politics, culture, blah, blah, blah. So he's not straight out the gate and unknown. But if you're creating this show that's supposed to be a reworking of Twilight and it's supposed to be examining society and media and technology and all these things, and your first season is just that good, then I mean, props to you. Because really, when I saw National Anthem, I was just kind of like, y'all put this on TV? Right. <laughs> that one, I will 100% admit with you. Yes. That's actually one of my least favorite episodes, and it's <laughs> not what I started the show on. I, I'm sorry. I had to come out the gate, and I was like, I li- I actually do love the other two episodes, Wait, though. But did that, you start I actually season started... three? No. So I okay. started on 15 Million Merits. Um, okay. And I, I started, I want to say, in like 20... 14? No. Probably about 2015, right on the cusp of season three. But yeah, I started the show with 15 million merits. I just want to ask that real quick because I've talked to some other people who watched Black Mirror and they thought that Nosedive was the first episode of the show. And I was like, no, it's not. They're like, what's the first episode? What's it about? I'm like, well. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, but 15 Million Merits is a very good episode. And it also is the reason why um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya was in Get Out, because Jordan Peele saw that episode. Oh, the monologue he delivers in that episode is so good and such a great reflection of competition society. So good. I love... Fantastic. The thing I love most about 15 Million Merits is that, like, for those who don't know, which I don't understand why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't watched Black Mirror, but okay. <laughs> but basically, 15 Million Mirrors takes place in a, I guess, society where a lot of young people are in this windowless room surrounded by screens and they all live in like these strange cubbies that have only room for like a little bit of walkie space in their bed and they ride bikes all the time. Like they're constantly riding their bikes and you have to ride your bike a certain amount to be getting merits. And these merits can buy you like clothes for your avatar. It gets you food. It gets you like drinks, blah, 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 all that stuff. And there's this kid. He has so many merits. He has 15 million merits. He's been racking them up, racking them up, racking them up. And then a girl joins their little group. I don't know exactly how to say it, but he likes her and she wants to be on a singing competition, but you need to give a 
a certain amount of merits to be on there. And he gives up all his merits just so she could perform, just so she could be a star, so she could be, you know, famous, blah, 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 whatever. And she goes on there and she sings and they say that she's good. And then she is manipulated into taking on a different job that is not the one she went on there for the first place. So he goes and he like seeks revenge, you know, because I mean, I would do the same thing. Me too. Like exactly that. And when he goes back to the competition, he makes a stance, he makes a statement. And then next thing we know, you know, once again, he is literally manipulated by them. And I think that like, I definitely agree with you. It does have, I feel like this show, I feel like this episode is a stance on like competition culture, but also like reality shows. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Looking too deeply into people's livelihoods behind the scenes. And it has such a great commentary on like capitalism Mm -hmm. and the way that um, it manipulates and, and really tears apart our society because it's like the 15 million merits and Mm -hmm. gaining that much amount of money. And it shows the rise and fall and how quickly you can fall from, from that throne of grace of it's just, it's so good. Daniel Kaluuya delivers, and I I I like the twists. I like most of the Black Mirror twists, but I think this one just feels kind of inside baseball. But it works so much for this episode, mm-hmm. and I, I, <laughs> I there was a couple of twists this season. I was like, but this was one of the stronger ones for sure. Oh yeah, I actually do love Fifty Million Merits because it reminds me of dating shows. You know, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> for real. I am a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan, but like, that's the one thing that I'll hate watch without fail. Like, Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, Too Hot to Handle, all of them. I'll, bi- I'll binge watch all of them and I will hate every single episode because you have to think about it logically. These shows don't work. The fact that they still are in existence and they are still making them, even though statistically, None of these people really come out of the gate with a better relationship, better understanding of themselves, better understanding of love, and they don't feel any better at all. And really, it doesn't even matter if people blame like the host or the other people on the show, the like corporation behind the show, usually Netflix, namely Netflix, is kind of just like exploiting these people and their lives. Like, let's say love is blind, use it as an example. You have all these singles going into these pods to talk to people and meet people, and you have to be engaged within a week. You have to. And they have to get married within the month. And then all these people are physically able, like able-bodied, usually pretty attractive people, and kind of well off. There's no real, like, reason as to why any of these people aren't in a relationship at all. And then when you look, like... There's only one couple from the show that has made it so far, and it was from the first season. And Yeesh. it's kind of just giving you that, you know, if they can do it, then so can you. But they, that couple, they're kind of an outlier, you know, in the grand Ooh. scheme of the whole experiment. And they're like, we talked to relationship experts. We talked to these people. We're conducting an experiment, a social experiment. This is not an experiment. This is a trap. This is yeah, definitely. Yes, it's so like because if you watch okay, I gotta ask you though, have you watched Ninety Day Fiance? Oh my gosh, I refuse to watch that show. 
I refuse okay, to watch I, it. Okay, I, I gotta admit something. That's my jam right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I like that tea. No. But you know what? I will say from season one, all of the couples have stayed together. Now, the difference in 90 Day Fiance and Love is Blind is 90 Day Fiance, a lot of these couples have been communicating for like months or years mm -hmm. online. So it's not like this is their first interaction necessarily. It is a little awkward in person and they have 90 days instead of like a month. So it, there's been interaction between them before, and that's why I think the couples on that show probably last longer because they've built some kind of connection. But it's definitely along the same lines. It's televised. It's very similar to the presentation here. Yeah. And um, 15 Million Merits kind of almost separates them into social classes. It's like yeah. the people who are the bikers. They're the ones on the bottom. They're the hamsters on the wheel. They're the ones keeping this actually going. And the coaches and the people up top are, they're nicely dressed. They have access to things that the people that are riding the bikes don't have access to. Mm -hmm. So it even is also a commentary on like social classes and just how weirdly separated each of the social classes are. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really, that, that 15 Million Merits episode, that's what, that got me into Black Mirror. One of my friends yeah. suggested Black Mirror. And actually it was after season three came out and so i had a list of season three season one season two they were like start with 15 million merits or nosedive was the two recommendations mm -hmm. they said not to go to the entire history of you first that that was which i think that's in the first seat the third episode of the first season that one is a lot like seeing seeing your partner <laughs> and and seeing everything through their eye lenses was like a crazy weird jarring sad episode but it was very brilliantly done you're right the first season is just such a brilliant start and I, I i gotta be honest i think the second season doesn't follow it up well but every other season has been pretty good um but that first season like you said 15 million merits and the entire history of you such strong episodes and what i just love about this show as a whole is and i know twilight zone has done it mm -hmm. it it just has these self-contained episodes that truly feel self-contained. Like, there's a couple of episodes, I think maybe White Christmas, where there's a couple of Easter eggs and things like that. But it really does feel like every episode you're getting an entirely new story. There's really not a lot of connection between these, and they feel so... There are a couple of similarities, but they feel so unique and distinct. Even Bandersnatch, the interactive film, was so different from the rest of the Black Mirror library that every single Black Mirror episode feels like an experience. It feels new. It feels fresh every episode, at least for me. Like, that's just mm -hmm. in my opinion, but it presents itself very well because it does explore themes of society, uh, social commentaries, technology, and now we get to the new season, we get horror. And I think that, I think there's a way to play with some other genres and include this here. I mean, San Junipero being the maybe the happiest episode of Black Mirror there is. Yeah. Um, there's ways to incorporate different elements into this writing. And I think if there is a season seven, we're going to see some differences like we saw in season six here. And and they did the Star Trek episode, very sci-fi heavy. So you can just mm -hmm. explore so many genres. I'm sure I'm sure there's a superhero episode coming. <laughs> we we gotta have some kind of Marvel DC superhero movie themed episode on the way somehow. But then it's it's gonna be hard to dance on that because you got the boys, which is an entire 
commentary on the nature of superheroes in reality. Mm-hmm. But hey, I would love to see how Black Mirror does it. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen a superhero in reality show before, like Heroes, <laughs> which started off amazingly and kind of tumbled off the hill after that. But mm-hmm. I think Black Mirror, what it could continue on to be is it could start incorporating other genres. So action, thriller, horror, like explore other genres and go with that. There's the season five episode that was like the dating app or that might've been season four. I think that was, yeah, oh, Hang the DJ. Hang that was season DJ. four. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That was such a great episode and it's not action packed. It's not, it's very drama heavy. So incorporate as many elements as you like. I think they could, I think they could pump out three, four more seasons of this and I'll be happy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, there are a couple episodes of Black Mirror that aren't exactly my favorite. I feel like there are, I, I feel agree. like I'm, I'm probably, huh? Oh, I just said, I, I completely agree. There's <laughs> some episodes where I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to say that I feel like, um, there are a lot of similarities between certain episodes in Black Mirror. I just, I hope I'm, I hope I'm getting these names right, but um, I think you notice it in season two and three. There is the kind of like news network where you can see a lot of like similar stories popping up one after the other because you know in the the national anthem. Of course, we all know what happens in that episode. And then in Nosedive, if you're looking at her feed, you can kind of see the Prime Minister in the bottom right-hand corner giving people, like, a status update on, like, what's going on with him. And then there is the episode... Wow, I forgot the name. But it's the episode where the woman was convicted of killing a child with her boyfriend. Um, is that Shut Up and Dance? I don't think it's Shut Up and Dance. I think it's another one. I do have it written down somewhere. Not but... play test. No, not play yeah. Test. It's one of them. Hated in the nation. It's uh the white bear, white bear. The white bear. White bear. White yeah. Bear. Duh. Yes. White bear. That's. So the name or the last name of her boyfriend pops up in like a the teleprompter feed at the bottom of the news in um the most hated of the nation, and then one of the characters in the show brings up that guy in the same episode as well. So I feel like in some episodes of Black Mirror, there are recurring themes and there are some crossovers within um, a couple of the episodes. Like I know in the history of you, the technology that's used in that episode appears again in White Christmas with John Hamm's character Mm -hmm. who is, you know, coaching men on how to talk to women who are like very unapproachable. And of course, when you're watching white christmas and you see like the other men watching john ham coach that guy there's one guy whose username called i am waldo which is a callback to the yeah, waldo, waldo. Episode. Yeah. yeah which white christmas is the most connected episode I yeah think. that's like the one where i was like okay we're seeing everybody in mm-hmm. this one yeah and also the director of the episode is also one of the guys that was watching john ham coach the guy in there he's kind of like in the bottom right hand corner and I do want to say, Walt, the Walt episode might be my least favorite one. Because that one was one that I was watching it and I was kind of like, I feel like it's a little too on the nose. You know I'm sorry, I mean? which one did you say? The Waldo episode. Oh, yeah, the Waldo moment. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't really like that episode either. I no. was just like, oh, it's like a greedy, conservative, weird bear thing. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is very, very on the nose. Like, yeah. it's very just like... <laughs> Doing... like this is corrupt like... yes 
you're doing a little bit too much. And also Playtest is also one of the um, Black Mirror episodes I watched. And in my head, I'm like, do I not like this or do I just not understand it? Like, is this a, like, is this a smarter? Like, is, is that is, the Wyatt Russell one? Yeah. Yeah, that that one, the, the theme and messages of that episode at first kind of just like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what you guys are trying to say here. Yeah. I was kind of trying, I was trying to figure out, like, I don't really get it. And also the technology in Playtest comes up again in Most Hated of the Nation with the Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same yeah. technology company, basically. But um, I, f- I think that season, I guess season four was the season where I was watching it and I was kind of like, okay, this is falling off a little bit for me. You know, like there were some mm. things that I liked mm. and there are some things I didn't like. Like Metalhead, I really couldn't get behind it. I couldn't even finish the episode. Like I was just so confused. Like I get it. Like robot dogs are attacking us because cops are starting to use robot mechanical dogs to carry out their crimes and hunt people down and kill them. Like I get it. Yeah, like, it was like, oh, <laughs> that was intense. I don't need to watch this woman struggle for an hour in black and white at that. <laughs> like... I I can't do it, and I the one episode that really did save it for me was Black Museum, because I that was a good episode. It was it was a great episode, and and Letitia Wright absolutely acted in that episode. I was like, she is killing this this dialogue, killing it. (laughs) She was so good in that episode, and I remember watching it and just being like, oh, it was really one of those episodes I was watching, and I'm like, something's about to happen to me where I really cannot. Like, I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, I don't know what's going right. to happen. And there are some parts of it where it's like, this is depressing. This is evil. And there are parts of it, this is hilarious. Like the lady who's trapped with the monkey. I'm not going to lie. That was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of funny to me in that episode where the woman was like calling <laughs> the monkey on the wall. It's like, you listen here, bitch. And I'm like, oh, girl. I, oh, have we come in a This is like, girl. How far have we? How far have we fallen that we are here right now? Like, let's be so serious. But I think that what? Yeah, that. I just want to say that season four yeah. is um a little. Sorry, sorry. Season no. four. I I think I can agree with you there because uh-huh. USS Callister so good. Like that oh, yeah. was the start of that, and I was like, "Yo, Jesse Plemons is eaten." Mm-hmm. Love turning Star Trek on itself. It was something so different for Black Mirror at the yeah. time, like taking an actual franchise and playing on that. Loved it. Yeah. And then you go to Archangel, and that's a much weaker episode. Uh-huh. But Hang the DJ was another episode I really, really liked. I didn't like very Hang much. The DJ. Played on the. Oh, really? It's the straight like Sanjuna Perro. It's the straight Sanjuna. I can't do it. I can't. San Junipero is my favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. So I love that episode because it, it was another happy ending. And I was like, okay, like, mm-hmm. give us a little, give us a taste of happiness, please, every once in a while. And, uh, but I, I, I really like that episode. I, I like Georgina Campbell in the episode. And it, it played pretty straightforward. There's not a huge twist, but I liked it a lot. Would you agree that Archangel and White Christmas are kind of the same? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. With the tablet computer and all that stuff. It was it was kinda weird. Yeah, and that's the thing that um, I don't like about Black Mirror. Like we can revisit the same thing, but can we at least elevate it? Like you don't need to take the same right. kind of like technology or like blocking people is bad. Avoiding things that are difficult is bad and then repackage it in another format. Like I got it the first time. You know? Like, I well and then you had 
And then you had Joan is awful this season, which has an actual oh. post credit. And seems like it almost wants to continue the story. So I'm like, are you guys going to start making part twos, maybe? I don't know. Okay, I actually did not like Joan is awful. Um, I have very mixed feelings about this most recent season, just in general. Like, I really was trying to go Ooh. into it with an open mind. But for me... I've started noticing this a lot in, like, media. Whenever I see something where it's a good idea, it's a good concept, and especially if it's a TV show that's been on for a while and they're trying to win people back or they're trying to bring in new audiences, they always bring in heavy hitters to try and draw yeah. people in. Selma Hayek. Uh, Aaron Paul. What's her name from... Uh... The Aaron Paul, Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy. That that first one, that that was loaded with ca like a cast. And I totally get your sentiment. It uh -huh. didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for this season, that Aaron Paul episode for me, it was one of my, my favorite episodes of the whole show. I think due to the acting. Mm -hmm. But the problem I'm starting to see with Black Mirror, and this is an issue I keep on having with this season, mm -hmm. the endings are not good. Like, we get through this great journey, and then the ending is either, like, like Joan is afraid, or Joan is awful. That ending was kind of just like, oh, okay, they destroyed yeah. the technology and things go back to normal. Okay. And then the ending for the Aaron Paul one, I was like thought that that was just too extreme. I was like, I just did not see that coming. And I, I, I understand that it was an attempt to, to throw a, a twist in the episode because there really wasn't one. But I just thought that was way, like, why be so gruesome? Yeah. And that's why I said the horror elements in this season work sometimes because I actually did really like Demon 79. But I did not like the episode Maisie Day. For, because of the ending, I didn't like the ending for the Aaron Paul one, even though I love the episode and I love the acting in it. And I think Aaron Paul absolutely kills it. I mean, to be able to embody two different characters in one body. Mm -hmm. Fantastically done by Aaron Paul. This man has really come a long way since Breaking Bad. And I love the acting in that episode. I like the story and how it's unfolding. And then it just like goes to this crazy extreme I don't know if you want to talk spoilers on that one or yeah no we can talk about spoilers i do want to say that the aaron okay. paul episode i was not a fan of it because me personally aaron paul i feel like is such a great actor but i think because the characters are a little they're kind of similar in a way like i know aaron paul is a lot more he's a more devout kind of serious family man and the other guy, he was pretty much a family man, too. He's just a little more, you know, social. He's a little more open. He's a little more warm, so to speak. Ooh, so, so, so I, yeah, that's kind of what I picked up on. I kind of saw it as a, a small commentary on masculinity. And to me, it was like, okay, Aaron Paul seems to be like this strict, uptight, regimented version and then the other guy it's loose he's playful he's mm -hmm. creative he's artistic and you really see it in both of their interactions with the wife you see how aaron paul's kind of just like hey how's it going and hey junior mm -hmm. uh you can go play whatever and then the the other man is painting he wants to show her how to paint he wants to show her these books so it's kind of this like artistic versus strict regimented like duality going on between mm -hmm. the two of them and i like that presentation 
up until the, the dude that's like creative and lovey kills the other guy's like family. I just yeah. thought that was such a weird extreme when it was setting up uh -huh. to be really nothing. That didn't really make me feel. I don't feel like that fit the character as well because of no. what happened to his family. I feel like he wouldn't have done that. And also, I Loki kind of wish he just like let left him locked out in space. I feel like that would have made more sense. I feel like that's what we were building up towards. And then they try to like that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. And they gave us the twist of like him being a murderer, and that's the thing I don't like when creators throw in a twist just for a twist's sake. Like, they're going to shock you just to shock you. Like, I don't like yeah, shock, shock value. value. It's cheap. Right. It's annoying. It's boring. It's played out. And Black Mirror is such a smart and amazing, technologically savvy and advanced show for you to be reduced to such a kind of, like, tired out way to grab the audience's attention. Right. Like, 100%. And I just thought... I thought that that, like you said, I thought they were ending with him leaving him in space and then he goes back and lives with the family. And I was like, okay, that ending I think would have made more sense mm -hmm. because then it's like, okay, he's telling him the whole episode, you have all these things, be grateful, you know, you have a wife. You have... I thought it would have made more sense if he left him locked floating out of space, he puts his chip in and then he's permanently him. And I'm like, okay, that to me would be a, a crazy ending that I could see happening. Mm -hmm. But like him straight up killing his family, I just thought that was way extreme. Almost every ending this season I did not like. The, even the the Lock Henry episode with the with okay. them in the small village. No, the Lock Henry episode actually Okay. <laughs> I, I like say, the Lock Henry episode. I, I do like too. it. I just I, don't like the ending as much. It just kind of like I also like, feel oh, like okay. this this season of Black Mirror it feels like Netflix is trying to be, um, they're being very meta. You know what I mean? Because Black Mirror is yeah. obviously a show where it's like, we're going to look at the parts of society and technology and media, blah, blah, blah. And Netflix is like, wait, we are the biggest streaming platform out there. And we have had so much controversy over the past couple of years. What if we take our most controversial show and it turns its head on us? And of course, Charlie Booker talked about that in an interview. He was like, well, what if we did Jonah's Awful? And Netflix was like, okay. And then Charlie was like, oh, I, we didn't know y'all would be so really. They're like, no, 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 go ahead. Like, yeah, do it. And like, I feel like Log Henry is obviously a response to Dahmer, everything that happened around Dahmer. And, you know, of course, like the long standing conversation behind true crime and the genre and how it's inherently exploitative and like, why does it make so much money? And why is it such a big draw to people? And Netflix having a huge library that it does, you know, having all yeah. the Netflix documentaries that it has. And also Dahmer being this kind of like dramatic retelling of the Dahmer story. And it bringing to bringing a lot of people to be Dahmer for Halloween. People feeling sorry for Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. And then Netflix try to do this thing where it's like, okay, we're going to have this dramatic retelling of their story. However, we're going to try to clean it up with a very well-made uh, documentary showing like the real life, you know, story next to the dramatis dramatized version. And then, you know, <laughs> families of the victims from of the Dahmer case speaking out saying that I did not consent to you 
pretending to be me in a TV show where I am my most vulnerable and most hurt while I'm standing in front of my brother cousin's killer and you're playing this out as if it's just a show. It's just a story. And that's something that actually impacted people. And Netflix is a lot of culinary being, um, you know, the episode of Black Mirror where this guy brings his girlfriend to the small town to meet his mom and they're about to go and visit this dude that protects rare eggs so that they're not stolen. They're gonna make a documentary out of that. And then she figures out that there is a murderer. There was a murderer in their town, which is why their town is so dead. This beautiful, peaceful, lovely town that should be a tourist trap is dead because there is this guy there who was killing people. And torturing them and they decide to turn around and make a documentary out of this person and I feel like with the dad obviously like the guy has an old childhood friend who owns a pub the dad who is the actual owner of the pub being like don't make this documentary don't do it in my mind I'm like you see this is an example of victims telling you not to make art or whatever films out of real life events that affected them and their communities to the point where this community is literally on its head. It is an economic turmoil because a member of their community scared people shitless that they don't want to come to this town anymore because there's this negative history behind the name of their town simply because of what this guy has done. And you could watch, I'm watching this episode and I'm like, this is an example of how people in these communities hate these documentaries. They hate these films. And then you want to turn around and be like, oops, psych, the people in the community were actually a part of it. And da, 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 da. And I, I actually hate that twist because so many times when you listen to like podcasts, when you watch these documentaries, when you watch these TV shows, people who are actually involved in the case are then accused of being a part of it or accused of helping the murderer along. Like with John Bonet, like with the Murdoch family, like with so many other examples, like Jeffrey Dahmer, maybe the dad was in on it, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like they want to automatically assume that the people closest to the serial killer had to have known because they had to have the knowledge that we have now. So they must have been a part of it. And for Netflix to be like, see guys, we're not exploitative, but I hate it. I mean, I like the episode, but also I hated the twist because that's that's how I feel about this whole season. <laughs> like the episode so much, and yeah. then they do the twist, and I'm like, yikes! The where the worst example of it for me being the Maisie Day episode. Oh my gosh! Black Mirror is not like so. Yes, it's got some supernatural elements, but I when 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 they went the rare wolf angle, I was like, okay, I have we're, we're kind of no. I have to ask. I, I, when, when has Black Mirror been supernatural? I mean, honestly, I like I said, some elements, like the, some of the sci-fi has been kind of, but it's never gone to the extent of like werewolves and vampires and all that stuff. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. We went from this technology sci-fi focused show to like people are turning into werewolves. Like that just, yeah. that for me was too much. I think, I think Demon 79 did it a little better, but like it just... Mm. I don't know, them being in the room. And I thought, I was like, okay, this commentary on, like, how paparazzi, which was a little outdated, but it was, it did take place in 06 in the in the actual episode. So I was like, okay, this does feel very 06 paparazzi-ish, like, and how this behavior ruined the lives of celebrities. Yeah. I liked that angle. And then when it was like, oh, it was revealed that she actually hit a werewolf, I'm like, oh, no. 
oh no, oh no, and she just starts transforming, and I'm like, dude, they just killed this whole episode for me. Like, it was going all right. I didn't even love it from the start, mm-hmm. but to just, like, have that twist, like you were saying earlier, just for the sake of shock value, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, like, Zaz- Zazie Beats is great. She is. But I just, I, I get to this episode, and I'm like, man, you were so wasted. And then to end the episode by basically going against the entire thematic change that you were having with that character because mm-hmm. she made a transition once they found her in the room with the drugs she made that transition of let's help her let's like put the cameras away stop taking the pictures for a moment let's actually be human beings and help her out mm-hmm. but then once it comes to the very end she's the one with the camera in her face i just thought it was the weirdest like breaking of a character transition in the entire series I mean, this character yeah. makes an entire transition through this episode and seeing her like actually care about a ca- another character in that way was refreshing. It was cool. It was like, okay, this character has made a, a transition. Clearly, she's getting away from the paparazzi stuff only to submit back into it when everything gets the most extreme. Mm-hmm. Very strange. That episode, I just, I think that might be one of my least favorite of the entire series. It was not good. I do have to say, with um, Maisie Day. I mean, I found the episode interesting to say the least. I do think that it does have a strong commentary on how celebrities are kind of seen as these gods or idols among men. Yeah. And because they have this elevated status in our society, they're not treated as people. They're not treated as human beings. Their in- privacy is invaded. Their lives are open for discussion and for consumption. Mm-hmm. And every little single personal detail that they go through, we as a public must be, you know, involved in it in every way. Like we see it with people like we see it with Doja Cat, we see it with Britney Spears, we've seen it with so many people. We see it in relationships like Zendaya and Tom Holland, where every little bit of their lives has to be open for discussion and debate and consumption for the fans because you live for our entertainment. And people yeah. see that in I mean you see that in Maisie Day we also saw it in the Miley Cyrus episode, which I forgot the name of that episode, but it kind of falls into the inner working themes in Black Mirror with um, media consumption, society, technology, how Miley mm-hmm, Cyrus mm-hmm. herself as a celebrity, as a public figure, Crazy. is kind of is the perfect example for Black Mirror. It's yeah. the perfect actress for Black Mirror because she herself, all her life, was Hannah Montana. And then she mm-hmm. stopped being Hannah Montana. She went through this rebellious stage in a way. And then she grew up. She matured. She started making country music again and reuniting with Dolly Parton and all that. And, you know, come living a, you know, somber life and reflecting on her past, reflecting on her life as a public figure. And then her being in the episode of Black Mirror, I think it was like Ashley. I forget the name of Rachel, the, Jack, and Ashley too. Yeah, Rachel, Jack, Ashley too. Her being this public figure who has the sanitized image that is open to conception to the point where they make a little doll of her voice and how she acts and her being a companion, a friend to her fans when her fans are realized that she is a real person behind it. To the right. point where she's sick and her studio, or like her team or whatever, 
They're simply just trying to pump out one more album out of her to keep making money off of her, even when she is not physically able to do what they want her to do. And then in Maisie Day, this young woman who is, you know, on this very popular show and obviously has very serious addiction problems, um, one night goes to something very terrible and goes off the grid and decides to take some time to herself to get better. And the paparazzi, not caring about that, of course... These people, no. they, you know, they need money. Zazie B's got to pay rent and $30,000 would really help her out. But if that means you have to go to extreme lengths to follow somebody when they are very clearly trying to get off the grid and try to take care of themselves, you know, you kind of, you ignore the fact that like, this is a person, this is a human being. They need right. Right. like time to recharge and like, there's a reason why she's driving mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. the highway, off the route into the middle of nowhere. Like it's a reason for that. And people don't see right, that. Right. And then you see like the slime balls coming back to the retreat, the rehab center being like, we're here to get the picture. We're here to get Macy Day. We need to get this money. Like we're trying to get that bread to the point where, I mean, yeah, like paparazzi, uh, things like TMZ, the news, the media, social media will sometimes turn celebrities into monsters because you poke and prod at people to make them dance and do what you want to the point where mm-hmm, they are unrecognizable mm-hmm. to themselves. And so when they react in a way that's not suitable to you and does not make you happy, i.e. shaving their head and calling themselves the devil in a song that goes number one on the pop charts, that suddenly everybody's Ugh. upset and everybody's <laughs> mad. You're mad because she doesn't want to do the say so even you're mad like she doesn't want to do it anymore and sometimes people you know they react in ways where they transform into a supernatural monster from mythological books see and see that the twist that being the twist was like okay i'm not gonna lie because again, when i saw that i, I was do... like a werewolf yeah really? and i 100 right and i 100 percent understand exactly how you explained that it is the, this notion of not allowing the privacy is what brings could bring the beast out in someone. Mm-hmm. But there's a better way to do it that's not transforming her into an actual werewolf. Yeah. I just thought the actual notion of making her the werewolf was too much. I I, I didn't like that. I Black Mirror is not that type of show. It's not the werewolves, not the... It was like, okay, in Demon 79, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this, like, demon that transforms into someone she is attracted to. Okay, I'm a, mm-hmm. little, I'm a little bit more okay with that. But, like, I was just not okay with the full-on, like, werewolf. Mm-hmm. It just is not Black Mirror. It's not, it's it's I mean, a weird, in my opinion, it's a weird twist. I kind of feel I just like... think it just doesn't work. For think, me, at least. Yeah, but... It's not far off to say that Black Mirror has had episodes where the endings are ungratifying and disturbing. And in yeah. a way, that's to like reflect our unhappy, dystopian future and reality. Like with episodes. And when it's like done that way, yes. love it. But when yeah. it's like just, hey, here's a werewolf and they kill everyone. Oh, by the way, we're going to have her take a picture of the werewolf at the end and. They got to start putting some warnings on these episodes. Like, honestly, that's mm-hmm. the second one that season that deals with the S word. Mm-hmm. They got to start putting a couple of disclaimers on that because that's that's a lot. That could be a lot for viewers, I think. I But I think that, I don't know if this is going to be mean or this, I don't know how this is going to reflect. It That kind of defeats the purpose of Black Mirror, 
almost. Black Mirror is a show that pushes the envelope. And although I am all for shows having tr- trigger warnings, like me personally, my the, my least favorite show of all time, the show I hate the most is 13 Reasons Why. I can't stand that show. Mm-hmm. And if I met the writers in person, we would fight for real. Like I'm not playing. But yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> yeah. But episodes like uh, Shut Up and Dance, those episodes are so intense. Like they, they are they are intense. I just think maybe the show itself needs some kind of disclaimer because that could be could be triggering. I think and that's just me personally. I understand that the show itself is extreme and it goes to very great extremes. I mean, even more extreme than that sometimes. Yeah. But like, I, I do think the show as a whole, just one quick little like, hey, just a, a warning. I mm-hmm. do think, I think maybe the Lock Henry episode played it out a little bit better, but here it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. That's just me personally. I do want to say um, the Maisie Day episode it was a little bit too much for me because I would I, re- I remember watching it and just seeing Homegirl stalking the diner. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be rough. Like, I I got through National Anthem. I got through that fine. But this, ah. this oh, is man. a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. And also her just lying there on the floor, just like naked and bloody. I was like, y'all are giving me like, 2015 Tumblr shows like I'm giving like it's giving supernatural. Ooh. It's it's giving too <laughs> yeah. much. It was a... too much, and they did that. They did that with the Aaron Paul episode. The blood just drenched on the floor. I'm like, all right, we don't. Yeah, gotta do that. When and he... I'm glad in that episode they didn't show her. By the way, I'm yeah. so glad. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like a better twist for the Aaron Paul episode would have been just him waking up and the blood on his hands and just cuts to black. That's all you need to, to do. black. Don't show anything. Yeah. Him That's... freaking out and going back and do kicks up the chair. And I'm like, so are you trying to somehow mirror what happened to you? Like, I just thought that that was poor taste yeah. of that character. And just a weird, a weird. I, I think that episode would have ended perfectly if he just was like banging on the door and banging and banging. And that's all we see. It's cut to black. Yeah. The man probably ran off. Then you can kind of interpret the ending a little. Like, oh, he must have ran off with his family or whatever. I, that's kind of where I thought it was going to end, to be honest with you. I thought it was just going to be like, hello, hello, when he was, like, knocking on the window and you could see him, like, verbally, like, shouting help. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it. Like, pull back, cut to black. Or it shows it, him back in his home mm-hmm. and the guy is in his body and then that's it. Like... End it there. Why do we have to do the whole like, oh, he killed everybody's family and there pools of blood and we're not even going to show. And it's just like, all right, well, why? Shock value. Yeah. And I also feel, also, I feel like um, the Aaron Paul episode, I wish I could remember the name. It reminds me of Be Right Back from season um, two. Do you remember that episode? Mm, the the first one? Yeah. 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 I'm not yeah, gonna... with Haley Atwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Yep. And I remember watching that episode <laughs> and kind of just, you know, I don't know. It was so, I oh my gosh. I remember watching it in my head being like, I feel like I know how this is going to end, but I may as well just figure out like how it's going to end, I guess. And I like... I don't know. I kind of felt bad for the android 
at the end of that episode. I know. Because she just kind of <laughs> locks him in a closet. Like, she was so sad because her boyfriend passed away. I understand. And so she got a copy and a replica of him. And then when he started getting attached to the kid, I was like, oh, girl, we're sliding down a slippery Ooh, right. slide now. We in it now, girl. You can't go back. And when she figured out. And then it ended with him only out on the weekends. and so, I'm like, oh. <laughs> got him locked up in there. And... Yeah. Like, I feel like with the entire history of you and Be Right Back, if we just kind of, like, put that together, it kind of feels yeah. like the Aaron Paul episode. But I also feel like entire history of you, if you kind of implemented that device into Be Right Back, it may have made the episode better. I feel like that would have made it yeah, a little might bit have. better. Because this Aaron Paul episode, um, I think this one's called Beyond the Sea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... I do, I do really like what it had, like what it set up, and I do like the di- the different dynamics between the two mm. men and the same woman. I kind of like that. I was like, okay, it's kind of playing on what we associate masculinity with, mm-hmm. and I liked that. I like the two dynamics between the, and I like that it starts with the two different families. You know, mm. it's very clear mm. that there's a strict regimented <coughs> good night. I'm sleeping in a separate bed, and then there's the uh, you know, very lovey, cuddling, <laughs> a little bit more than that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the two kids. He's like, yeah, let's go to the park. Let's. It's very different versions of manhood. And I like that kind of presented to the one wife. Mm-hmm. I really like that. But yeah, it just making the night, the, the kinder guy a killer. By the way, the Col- there was a Culkin brother in that episode. Yeah. I was like, I know that's a Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a Culkin up there, but yeah. he, he kind of ate. I was like, okay, my man, you, you eating here. But um, yeah, I I just thought it just didn't stick the landing. Honestly, I, I liked that episode a lot, actually. It just, the last, that last reveal just killed me. Killed mm-hmm. me. Um, What did you think about Demon 79? I feel like Demon 79 belongs in a different show. Mm. I feel like it's a little weird, but also I think that Demon 79 is kind of playing on this critique that I've seen of Black Mirror from a very specific part of the internet, which is basically if you have people, people, if you have androids walking around acting as people, are there souls in there or is there something else in there? You know what I mean? So I think super, I, I think that black mirror is trying to make a commentary on that because when you saw the, when I saw the promo for season six and I see, you know, homegirl from, um, Demon 79 with her eyes turning white, I'm thinking, okay, we're doing entire history review again. We're going back to basics, but it's not really. Yeah. Cause it did have basics. the same visual. Yeah. But it's not entirely back to basics in a way and you know what it would have belonged a little bit better in guillermo del toro's show the cabinet of mysteries or cabinet mm. of creatures or something it was like a horror anthology he did a, a netflix i think that one it would have fit a little bit better there yeah i think that this i think demon 79 was definitely an interesting show i mean a different it definitely it's an interesting episode but I was watching it. I'm like, okay, so now Black Mirror is going supernatural route. Are we like, are we shifting mm-hmm. perspectives? Because I, me personally, I think I fell into the pocket of people that saw Black Mirror as a show about technology and how it affects the way our life, a way of life. And really, Black Mirror has always been a show about society 
and how mm-hmm. we act. Because you can see in a black museum how technology in of itself is not evil. It's just the way that people use it and pre-purpose it. And it kind yeah. of brings out our own desires and how we act and how society relies on technology. How we'll take technology that's so smart, so innovative, so ed- like such we have such an advantage to using this piece of tech. And we will dumb it down to the very simplest little thing and just use it for our own entertainment in a way. And... DMS-79 kind of was a play on society um, in a way where this woman is very quiet. She's very sheltered. She's to herself. But she's not a perfect person because she visualizes killing her co-workers all the time. And people do that all the time because it's normal. It's natural. And of course, you and yourself would be like, if a demon told me I had to kill three people to save the world... I wouldn't do that. What? No, of right. not. <laughs> but she was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. At, and you can see by the end of it, she is prepared. Like she has made plans. Like she doesn't even care. Cause at this, at that point, I want you to sound like, Oh, now she's going to be a serial killer. Okay. I see. We're giving like, it's giving, um, dang it. Who was that guy? Have you ever seen Mindhunter? Um, I haven't. Oh my I gosh. No. <laughs> I don't know. There are always those serial killers that are like, the devil made me do it, you know, in their head. Like, ah, but... Yes, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's giving that. So, I was just kind of like, oh, girl. And then, when they showed her talisman as, like, a little domino, I was like, damn! Are y'all kidding me? Did you recognize that talisman? Yeah. That's from the, the glyph from White Bear. Yeah. I was like, okay, little mm-hmm. connection here. I like that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I like. I don't know. I like that episode. I I like the like nineteen seventies like horror vibe it had going with the the imagery, and I did like the dynamic between her and the demon. And I thought they acted very very well in the episode, and it just kind of ends with like an explosion. And and for me, it was like okay, it was leading up to that. They didn't listen, which tends to be a, a pattern of high political powers uh, when something like that comes up. COVID-19, they decide to just wait for the disaster to happen, and that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So I did like that play on it a little bit, too, with the political elements of, like, not actually listening and not actively listening, but just turning a blind eye to major issues, which has really had some major repercussions on us and worldwide. And I really liked the way that ended in that way, because it was kind of like... Oh crap, like that's what happened with COVID. Like that explosion mm-hmm. is, is COVID because nobody decided to listen in the Oval, Oval Office and then, oh, here we are. So I like that a lot. And I, I I do understand when it comes to like the horror elements, it really hits you. But I like the presentation here so much more than I liked it in the previous episode where it was like, we didn't have any implication of horror elements at all. They weren't setting this up as a horror movie. She's not killing anybody. And then you just turn it into that. I was like, okay. Mm. I almost feel like watch Demon 79 first, then watch that one. And it's kind of like, okay, okay. They are going the the horror. It's maybe a little less hard hitting. Like the um, Maisie Day episode, which is very like, oh, I didn't know we were going to get, we were going to go there. Okay. Like mm-hmm. they just kind of shoved it in your face. It's like when somebody add a little too much Kool-Aid, or I'm sorry, when they add a little too much sugar to the Kool-Aid, you know. <laughs> and it's like a little surprising but when they add a decent amount you know give it give it the, the sugar that it needs 
I felt like that was Demon 79, and then the, sh the Too Much Sugar was, like, the um, Maisie Day episode, where it just kind of hit you in the face, as opposed to it being spoon-fed to you in the Demon 79 episode. And mm -hmm. I like the look of the episode, it maybe is a little cheaper than some of the other episodes, like the Demon, when the when the Demon was the actual Demon, I was like, eesh, that looks rough. But, like, I think the production, I do like the difference it has in some of the other episodes. I like that grainy look it has when she's, like, imagining herself bashing that girl's face into the, yeah. into the glass. So I, I do like the horror elements and how they're used in this one. And I think that this, this, I do like the Aaron Paul episode besides the twist. But I like this one, the Aaron Paul. I like Locke Henry up until that twist as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then... I actually really like Joan is Awful. <laughs> I actually really like that episode. But it is very, it's very commercial. It's an episode that I'm like, okay, if you started Black Mirror back in the day, day, back before episode four, or season four came out, yeah, it's a much different show. But if you're starting it now, this is like the most commercial episode. Like, it's kind of one of those, like, I wouldn't start with that episode for sure, but it's like, I guess if you're trying to get kind of like an average viewer into Black Mary, you're like, oh, yeah, there's this episode with Salma Hayek and and um, Annie Murphy mm -hmm. and uh, Michael Sarah. <laughs> I do We're having a say, <laughs> Yeah. I do want to say, like, um, Lock Henry, the twist, I feel like it felt Black Mirror. Like, it felt like a Black mm. Mirror twist where it was kind of like, oh, this is a lot. And this definitely turns it on its head, but it does fit a little bit with um, how Black Mirror is and how Jurassic Black Mirror will, like, um, you know, kind of, like, encapsulate its audience into the story and bring you in. And then, of course, us in our heads, we're thinking, it may have been the dad. What if it's the dad? What if the dad was secretly the killer? And it wasn't the dad. It was the mom. It was her all along, you know? It's kind of like the sweet oh, mother who's making a shepherd's pie. Like, that's a really good twist. I am disappointed with how um, the girl died. Because I feel like that was super anticlimactic. And it felt like... Have you ever seen White Lotus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually see... working my way through it. So okay. I, I, I'm working my way through. Okay. So I, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But it just kind of felt like one of those deaths where it's like, why did this happen? Like, why did it happen like no. that? That's so disappointing. And... It oh my gosh, watching um the guy win that BAFTA and of course tourism picking up again because of the murder documentary and then people wearing the mom's mask because that's in the murder documentary and then like uh. him feeling like like he truly is like kind of a victim in the end of this like imagine making this whole thing to try and of course. Like, if you really think about it, if you went forward with the egg documentary, this, that would have never been picked up. Like, it probably wouldn't have been screened. Oh, no. No one would have watched it. And even when they're talking about the case with the woman from Historic, she's kind of like, okay, well, do you know any new, like, developments? Do you know if we can go inside the house? Do you know anybody who was, like, killed by them personally? Do you know their family members? It's like, what little thing can you... Uh, learn about this case that we can exploit to draw people in to this documentary like what little thing can you bring into it for us you know it's it's very right. it's it's not great it's gross and i feel like netflix 
this season was really trying to be like, hey, we hear you. And you know what, guys? We understand. And it's not really like, we hear you, we're going to change. It's like, we hear you. And then us as the audience are like, okay. And we're still going forward with season two of Ryan Murphy's monster anthology series. And they're like, I mean, yeah. Why do you think we were going to? Of course we are. What do you mean? We're going to make money. Like, what What are you talking about? And I feel like Joan is awful. Damn. As much as I wanted to like that episode, I wasn't into it. Like, it really. really, It's very. Talk about meta. It is (laughs) very meta. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember just watching it. And of course, oh my gosh, who was it? Mona, the woman who's supposed to be playing, like, the CEO of Netflix. Because, like, if you make the CEO a woman, a woman's awful, blah, 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 ha, ha, ha. Like, whatever. But um, she basically says something like, you know, we tried to create these shows where it's positive, but people love watching, you know, the bad versions of themselves. It's almost addictive in a way where they can't draw away from the screen, which is why people love Black Mirror so much. Because, of course, Mm -hmm. it's such an amazing show while we're in. But the endings of the show are so disturbing and strange and terrible and graphic and horrible. It's like, why do you guys like this show so much? It's because it shows us the worst parts of society, you know, Yeah, we see. And we like the bad. We do. We do Mm -hmm. like the bad. That's why people love Black Mirror. That's why people love true crime. That's why people are into this kind of content in a way. And it definitely is different if it's you and someone is taking your real life and creating a show out of it. And I'm not going to lie, the whole quantum computer thing, it felt really like sci-fi. Like they were phoning it in. They're like, oh yeah, we have this quantum thing that's at the top floor and only Michael Sarah is the person who's protecting it. Like this thing. I love that cameo. <laughs> <laughs> this thing that's I love him just sitting up there. <laughs> yeah. Also the conversation of like um, celebrities licensing their image out to streaming services and being scanned for Mm -hmm. these AI generative shows to be reused again and again and again and not seeing any money and not seeing any profit. And I do think it was really smart of her to like eat like five burgers and drink the diarrhea medicine to get Salma Hayek off her ass and be like, I don't think you understand. Like, is it, whose anus is shitting here? In a house of God. And me too, girl. Because I would have felt the same way. I would have felt the right, exact same right. way. Also, that's like, what is that? Like the fourth or fifth, maybe even the tenth time they've used anyone who knows what love is. Mm. They love that song. They, they love that. And I think it was first introduced in um, 15 Million Merits. And yeah. I've, we've heard it almost every single season several times. Yeah. And I... What I love about Joan is Awful, though, is that the supercomputer, in my opinion, is a little bit of a play on the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And we were going there a little bit, but it was like, okay, they they didn't use it so much. And when they used it in the end and revealed that, oh, you're not the actual Joan. I liked that. I liked the little bit of tease there. I don't want a, a multiverse episode, though. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I really hope they don't do just like a whole, because we're doing so much with multiverse in the media now. Marvel's doing it. All these shows are doing multiverse. DC's doing it. It's like, I, I'm i glad that it was just kind of like a little taste of like, oh, yeah, there's all these different Jones and I'm okay with that. But when we go, I'm just glad they didn't say like, oh, let's step into this universe and that one. Like, okay, the multiverse stuff. At this point, 
mm-hmm. a little tired. Yeah. I am going I'm not gonna lie, I do feel for like the Daniels because they were literally yeah. working on everything everywhere all at once for ten years and then Marvel stepped in and they're like, damn it. No But hey, they won an Oscar, so they got best pick and best director, so they're good. I mean <laughs> Great job. They're great. Great movie. So yes. yeah, we we eaten. <laughs> yes. They're good. They're all good. Um, okay. Let's see. You know what one episode of there was one episode of Black Mirror I watched and I fully I'm just gonna say this, I don't understand it. I don't get Which it. Which episode? Striking Vipers. Like I don't get it. I don't Which get it. Which season is that in? Season five. With High five. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Oh, like, the one with Anthony Mackie and yes. uh, Yaya? Yeah, yes. yeah. So. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was kind of excited for it mainly because Nicole Bahari is in that episode. And I love her so much. If you guys haven't watched um, Miss Juneteenth. It is on Amazon Prime. It's a phenomenal movie. It's so beautiful and amazing. Nicole Bahari, if you don't know her, she's also from the hit show Sleepy Hollow, which they did her so dirty in that. But I I was oh, so ex- I was so excited. Have you not watched uh, Sleepy Hollow? Sleepy Hollow? Or do you know what? No. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Listen. <laughs> do a little Reddit search on Sleepy Hollow. You'll figure out why I'm upset. But I used to love that show. And I love her. She's amazing. And I remember seeing the trailer for season five of Black Mirror and I was so excited to see her in this episode. But Striking Vipers, I feel like, is another one of the episodes of Black Mirror. I was watching it and I was like, either I'm not getting it, like I don't understand, I'm not smart enough, my critical thinking, my critical analysis is at zero, or this is bad. I don't know which one it is. You know what I mean? Because I really was trying to like understand understand it like i i i'm not gonna lie i watched so many videos about this episode and nobody explained it to me in a way where i truly got it so in my Mm. mind i was just kind of like okay so if people were in a game they would fuck each other like we're just exploring now and it's also I don't know. I, I was watching the episode and I was just kind of like trying to get it, trying to get into it. But it it gave me like, it gave me like, okay, so, so Black Mirror has done this thing where they'll have things that are like um, extremely gory, graphic, violent, pushing the envelope in a manner towards violence. So now we're doing it towards mm-hmm. sex. Is that what we're doing now? We're trying to. So you didn't like, you didn't like San Apparel either, did you? I love San Junipero. I okay, love Okay, okay. Well, that, no, that's a love story. That's a sweet, soft love story. This kind I, of this kind of is two in a different way, though. Yeah, it's kind of the forbidden love. To me, to me, this is what I interpreted the episode as. Okay, there's a love triangle going on, and the two men don't necessarily know how they feel about each other because when they get in the game the feelings do come out. And to me, it just is a little bit of an exploration of sexuality, potentially being in the closet. Um, And it just, to me, it's almost a presentation of them questioning and not knowing where they really sit. And I kind Mm. of, I I don't love the episode. I'll admit it. Like I, I, 
I think it's a little bit like middling. It's kind of like, mm, if I gave it a rating out of 10, I'd maybe sit at like a seven. I was like, okay, Mackie and Yaya are great. And I get what they're trying to go for. This kind mm -hmm. of, I'm not entirely sure how I feel, especially when that's your best friend and you didn't know that you had these unrequited feelings the whole time. I feel like a seven is generous. But I think, huh? I feel like a seven is generous. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a seven out of ten. I like the episode. I think that it did explore some really good themes, but I just think it didn't quite execute well at the end. So I I don't know. I liked the kind of, I, I guess I liked the kind of like questioning that was happening, and it was just I don't know. For me, that's what it really tried to hit on. Mm -hmm. But I think San Junipero, I mean, is a beautiful. And what's weird is. This is supposedly called, believe it or not, this is called like a spiritual successor to that episode. I'm like, I don't really see how, how, but okay. Yeah. I feel like Hang the um, DJ is a better one, if you ask me. Yeah, like Hang the DJ is actually a happier ending and it deals with two couples in a simulated reality. Mm -hmm. And this does too, but there's just video game characters. But I definitely thought it explored themes of like being in the closet, not knowing how you feel about someone and... I think it worked for the most part, but there's like an encounter they have in reality that didn't quite work, I thought. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's a it's a middling episode in my opinion. But I, I did like I did like Anthony, I liked Yaya. Mm -hmm. It worked for me for the most part, but not all, all the way through. Yeah, I think that um what is it? I think when they actually do meet in person and they like try and kiss. Then I'm just sitting here like, all right, well. Right, it felt a little like. There's nothing here then. So then why are we here? What's going on? You know, I was right. kind of like, okay, are you gonna leave your wife? I was expecting something and we got nothing. So now I'm just thinking like, so it's just, it's just. I, That's the end. Yeah, yeah, the ending is not executed well. I was like. Why not just make them a couple at that point? Like, yeah. it was so weird that it was kind of like awkward, and then they held back from that, mm -hmm. as opposed to saying Gina Perro, which is like they go all the way, they get together, they stay in the simulation. Why not maybe have something similar to where they at least get together in real life? I don't know. It was weird, the ending. Yes, yes. Um, I am going to say like there was one episode that I feel like was a little bit of, oh my gosh. I feel like this is like the perfect Black Mirror episode and I don't see anybody talking about this a lot and I don't think it's perfect, but I feel like this episode encapsulates Black Mirror in such a beautiful way and it's Crocodile. Do you remember this episode? Mm, yeah. Yeah, season four. Yeah. I think this episode is so good, mainly because <laughs> I remember like doing my rewatch and I was like, I know this girl. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she tried to win an Oscar and then she did it. So I was like, oh, girl. But damn, I remember watching this episode. I was like, oh, she's actually a good actress. Dang. And if you guys don't know, um, the lead actress on this show, on the episode of Crocodile is Andrea Riseborough. If you don't know about Andrea Riseborough and the Oscars, basically she tried to cheat her way into a supporting actress Oscar for a movie that nobody saw. And nobody saw that movie. Nobody saw it. And now it's on Netflix and still nobody's watching it. And I would just like to say, if you're going to campaign that hard for a film, girl, if it's going to make 26000 at a box office, 
do you really expect us to like believe that you deserve that award over oh. everybody else who could have gotten that award? Like, really? And I'm, I'm not gonna, but, I'm like, it's so funny to me, but it's also kind of like, you have the audacity. She said, oh, you had the audacity to try to get squeeze your way yeah, in, which is, yeah, it was so weird. Cut the yeah, line. it was so weird, and, and she screened it for friends, and the, the movie to Leslie, nobody really watched that movie. Yeah. Like, it's I think of... it made under 400000 at the box office. I'm like, nope, literally nobody watched it. Nobody. And <laughs> quite literally made $26,000 at the box office. Like. I will say this. Hmm. I did like her in that movie when I saw it, but I, she's I didn't actress. think she deserved to be in the lineup. Yeah, she's a great actress, but I really do feel mm-hmm. like you, um, you're acting, you're being a little, a bit too big for your britches, if you're asking me. Because she did her way up into that. Yeah, <laughs> they had to. They said we gotta, we gotta change the rule book now because she campaigned with friends and screened it to. You know, her her big Hollywood friends, Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman and all them, they campaign for her and then yeah, like that that should not be allowed. You especially not under the table like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's yep. of course this may seem like um I don't know, contradictive to say it's unfair of her to do this, but it is kind of unfair to do it because Andrea Riseborough is a good actress. I don't doubt that she would eventually have got like eventually have gotten a nomination for an Oscar because she is an indie darling and also she's a white woman so it's more likely for her to be nominated than anyone else and for you to use your connections and your whiteness to get an Oscar nomination but to not be cast in a better movie we're working backwards we're working hard super backwards nobody watched it nobody watched that movie and i'm like okay we leaving out some big contenders this year for nobody watching yeah we leaving out uh we're leaving out viola davis for the woman king for that oh no we're leaving out (laughs) the amazing movie that is still like there are a number of movies danielle deadweiler i'm like that was the biggest snub of the entire oscars yes it was uh, to me i I was like, I don't know how you, I that movie had me crying from beginning to end, yeah. and I don't know how you you pass up on a performance like that. I heard it was because they just didn't campaign enough, and then you have Angela Riseborough who comes out and her her full uh, on celebrity friends campaign harder than the studio did for Teal. Yeah, I'm just like, man, y'all dropped the ball way too hard on that. I'm gonna be real with you, I. I knew Michelle Yeoh was going to win, but I was like, if anybody, for me, when I was doing, like, all my predictions, I was like, Miss Deadwiler might mess around a clipper. Nah, she didn't even get on the final lineup. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Or Kiki Palmer for Nope. Like, I really, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it so bad. That, nope. That would have been better than that. <laughs> if you say that Nope is not a good movie, I don't trust your opinion in movies. Like, Oh, I, listen, I love Nope. I I love Nope, okay? And if you say that, like, you can't tell me, you can't watch the movie, it do, don't tell me that that movie didn't eat. Like, that movie was it. I, I, I loved Nope. It was so I will good. say, the first watch through on Nope, I was kind of confused, but I got me, me another watch through. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it to death. Um, I would have loved to see Kiki Palmer be on that stage. But, yeah, it's... 
the wise barrel thing threw like four actresses out of the race that deserved it over yeah. Also, how but that episode you... of Black Mirror is is okay. I I like it. It's a decent episode. I I'm gonna say that I actually did like this episode so much, just because I feel like it really did. I don't know how to say this. It drew me back into Black Mirror in a way mm. because I was watching season four and I loved USS McAllister as well. I feel like that was a really really good episode. I feel like it was really strong. Archangel, it wasn't as good for me. Like, it didn't really, mm-hmm. like... I it was, was okay. I was kind of into it a little bit, but at the same time, I was a little bit like, oh, gosh, why is she like this? Like, the mom is doing a lot here. And I feel like Crocodile Ugh. is such a huge... It's such an interesting episode just because of, like, the start. And then as we're watching everything unfold, I'm just like, girl, don't do it. Girl, don't do I'll it. Do it. Don't I'll do know it. it. And you think that's the twist? And that's not the twist. That's not even the twist. The actual twist at the end of the episode is so much better. And that's why I'm watching it. I'm like, see, this is what I signed up for. This is what I want every single episode of Black Mirror. I want you to draw me in to such a wild start and bring me to the end and then completely pull the rug out from under my feet. That's what I want at every episode. That's what I'm looking for. And although there are some people who felt like Crocodile was a lot, and was it a lot? Yes. Yes, it was. But oh my gosh, it was so, it was so intense. It was so much. And I, (laughs) I think that Crocodile, the title is also, um, draws from the phrase Crocodile Tears due to the fact that like she is so disturbed and so freaked out by what she has done but she was still willing to do more like she's still willing to like push it and push it and push it and it almost reminds me of like Macbeth you know how oh wow every single you know because they're like both go from being like the main character that we kind of sympathize with until the very end because they don't want to kill it first but they continue to do it like with every act right, of killing and like all right yeah more, <laughs> gets more and more extreme yeah more cold more distraught and just more and more it was so good and i'm not gonna lie it honestly was one of the most horrifying things i've ever seen and that's why i also say like black mirror although i feel like trigger warnings would help sometimes when you're watching a show like Black Mirror, you kind of have to be prepared for whatever is going to happen in that show. You kind of have to like really just kind of make a pact with yourself and be like, I am making a conservative effort. I am choosing to watch this. I'm going to watch that's this. Why, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They like for all the episodes, just like something that's like, hey, this is extreme. Like yeah. just some because if you're a new viewer and I I recommend and I, I don't I'm not entirely sure how you recommend anybody new watching it, I recommend bouncing around. Um, I recommend not going in release order and going to your heart's leisure. And if they just bump on Crocodile, it might detract them just because of how extreme it is. I was like, that poor baby. But Um, I feel like (laughs) if you watch Black Mirror, you're signing up for this like when you watch black mirror yeah that's totally fair we're like we watch you i'm when i'm watching black mirror i know that there's gonna episode be episode like playtest which is 
a lot visually, mm-hmm. but in the end, it doesn't really draw anything to me. I know it's going to be an episode like Shut Up and Dance, where there's a lot happening. There's so much going on. There's going to be an episode like um, Men Against Fire. There's going to be a crocodile. There's going to be a White Christmas. There's going to be 15 million. There's going to be, you know, all these episodes you watch where, girl, I did not anticipate this happening. But why? Extreme. Wow. I mean, it could only happen with this show. Especially White Bear. White Bear really took me out. Because I was watching it and I was like, is she okay? Is she alright? And each turn, I'm just like, I hope she's alright. I hope she's fine. And then the end, even though like it was her and her boyfriend, I was kind of like, okay, well her boyfriend's not here, so she's still getting the brunt of the punishment. And it just kind of shows how like we as society how we dictate how people will be treated, how dic- we want to dictate how people will be punished. Like with most hate of the nation. You know, there's a, there's a point in the episode where people know if you say this person is the most hated of the nation, they're going to die at the end of the day. And they still do yeah. it anyways. They'll do it. They still do okay, it. Okay, let anyways. me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody was brand new to Black Mirror and they didn't want to start with the national anthem, what episode would you recommend they start with? Hmm. Let's see. What episode I said to start with? I got my I got my episodes that I'm like start with this, 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 or this. <laughs> hmm. I want to say that I would. I mean, I want to say entire history review, but really, like, I'm the kind of person where I'm just like, if you're going to watch something, start from the beginning. Just start from the just start from the beginning, cause that's how I watch. <laughs> that's how I watch everything. I watch a new show. I start from the beginning. I don't like. I don't like it. I know that you're different, but like when people recommend to other people, oh, when you're gonna watch this show, you just start from this season, cause this season is good. I'm like, no, 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 no. Start from the beginning. Like with Doctor Who. Well, no, if it's a chronological, don't no. don't. If it's a chronological show, go in order. But I think for an anthology, at least for me, I I don't recommend starting with the national anthem and for me i would recommend no nosedive you need to start from the beginning because prior seasons influence the next seasons you need to watch um you need to watch the entire history of you to understand white christmas you need to watch San Junipero to oh, understand for sure, for Hang sure. the DJ, to understand striking But Vipers. see i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend starting there but i could recommend starting at at the entire history review, that's a decent start, I think. 15 million merits, which is these are episodes two and three of season one, so that's not far off. I actually think if you want to get a taste of the show, though, a decent taste that kind of sets you up for more extreme, I think you should start with Nosedive, personally. I know that that's probably a, um uncommon one to recommend, but I think that that's a, 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 a episode that will give you a taste, a teaser, of what you're about to get yourself into. The Bryce Dallas Howard episode. I like that episode. I think it's a teaser and a taste that gives you a taste of where this is going to go with technology, how it's influencing these different episodes and different worlds. And I think it's not as extreme as some of the other episodes. The entire history of you gets so intense. I think Nosedive yeah. has like a pretty, a pretty decent ending. Um, especially compared to some of the other stuff. I mean, we're talking Crocodile. So it's like, okay, so that ending is at least a little softer. And then it's like, okay, bro, it just gets, it, it gets a lot worse from there. <laughs> 
especially if you back up, you go to 15. Because here's, I could tell you how I, that's how I started actually was with. 15 million merits went to nosedive i bounced around and it didn't really change it for me and then i watched it in chronological order kind of had the same effect for me at least mm -hmm. i personally um with nosedive i feel like i like that episode but not as much as everyone else did just because oh, i I, <laughs> I think because like upon my second rewatch i kind of saw the holes in the episode because first and foremost if I knew somebody who was like Bryce Dallas Howard's character, she would be the most annoying person I would ever interact with in my life. And I feel like with Bryce oh, Dallas... Oh, certainly. Yeah. And I think that the whole thing with the um, social score, I think that kind of plays into a different social structure that some people obviously live in. It's a kind of different class structure that people live in. And that's why right off the gate, I was just kind of like, I can't sympathize with this character and I can't relate to her because... As someone who grew up in the age of social media, I really don't care how attached you are to your phone and how attached you are to Instagram. Like, it's not even that deep to me. The fact that she went from this big of a fall from grace just because she got one poor rating from someone else, I really was just like, and what, girl? And what about it? What is there? What Like, you really have to base your life off of this. And I understand, like, there's a oh, whole yeah. society I mean, built around it. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly... <laughs> It's it's unfortunate, but there are a lot of young people. There are a lot mm -hmm. of people that actually base their entire life around the likes they get on social media. Mm -hmm. I think it plays her character specifically in you saying a character. Hi, guys. So that was part one of the Black Mirror pod with Leo Rydell. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Leo and I had a great time recording, and I hope you guys had an amazing time listening. Don't forget to share the pod with your friends and family. Tell them all about your new favorite podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. And don't forget to join and support us on Patreon. If you have any suggestions, feel free to drop them in any of the comments on any of our social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And that's about it. And also, don't forget to check out Leo. All his links will be in description down below. All right. Thanks again, guys. And have a great morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Bye.